Hey, you fucking savages. Welcome to the show, The Greg Medford Show, and your host, the lunatic himself, Greg. We're uh, coming here from the studio at our factory in Phoenix, Arizona, and today is a departure from what we've been doing the last few months. We have been... We've been talking a lot of politics and a lot of public policy and a lot of issues, and today I have a guest uh, we met years ago, and uh, he's a chopper pilot from the Army, and he's going to give you some details on it. We'll talk about all that. I made a knife for him years ago. Yes. We got all kinds of stuff going on. So I want you to put your hands together and say hi to my friend Greg Coker. Greg, how you doing? Welcome to the show. Man, it's good to see ya. Good to see ya. The audience are a bunch of hooligans. Oh yeah. They won't shut up. Bunch of hey, beasts. Dial it down, people. There we go. Yeah, it's it's an honor, brother, to be here and be with you and it's been too long. Nice had, to have you. You've had a lot go on since last oh time I saw you. <laughs> yeah, just a little. Are you remarried? Yes. All right. Yeah. So you, you got oh. remarried? Man, I moved way up, and yeah, she's awesome. Edie, she's here with me. Is she here? Not at the MKT, but oh. yeah, we didn't get in until like 1 this morning, so she was kind of snoozing when I left. So what are you doing out here? What's your, uh, uh, am I the only reason you're here, or you got other stuff going on? No, you're the only reason, man. Get out of here. No. Really? I've been telling you for like, what, three or four years now. I got to get out. I got to get out. Now my uncle lives here and a couple, <coughs> you know, cousins and some of the old Dylan Arrow crew. And, yeah. And I'm such an asshole an hour late getting started. <laughs> no, you're not. God, what a day. <laughs> Typical Marines. Oh, man. I'll tell yeah. you. I, I, uh, I get pissed off when people miss TOT, you know? Oh, yeah. And, uh, Plus or minus 30 seconds. Oh, and I consider 30 seconds late. <laughs> um, I see this, you know, I get this phone call from this unknown number this morning. I was on the way here, so I was, you know, my typical self. I'm going to be an hour early. Mm. And uh, the trucker's like, hey, we're here to pick up your stuff. I go, no, that's not scheduled at 4. Oh, and he goes, no. well, I don't know what the office girls told you, but I'm here now. Oh, man. And I was like, you know, when you get a trucker, what are you going to do? Tell yeah. them to hang out for six hours? Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well. Okay, let's load her up. So... Tell everybody the story. So, uh, Greg and I met. Did we meet through? Uh, how did we meet through Slick or Slick? Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> so we had a friend who's a chopper pilot in the army during Vietnam. Yeah. And had a hell oh. of a hell of a story. Oh my god. Hell goodness. of a background. And then he gets out of the army after planting numerous helicopters mm -hmm. down in the jungle. Nineteen years old. Nineteen years old. <laughs> all hundred and thirty-five pounds. Yeah. Of them. Soaking and wet. He gets out, you know, he, he he crashes these helicopters out in the middle, gets shot down out yeah. in the middle of the jungle, and looks up and sees all these F-4s and fast movers going over. He says, you know, in my next military service, I'm going to go be a fighter pilot. I'm going to yep. fly up there and have air conditioning. Yep. So he goes off and does a freakish thing, gets back from Vietnam, goes to college, becomes an F-15 pilot, and he was the first butter bar yep. to fly F-15s. Yep. And then... He's actually, I think, COO over at Dillon. I think so. Something I'm like that. I'm not sure, yes. Anyway, um, the, that chopper community, is world is kind of small. Yes. And uh, and then you were with, tell, tell everybody who you were flying with. 160th Special Operations Aviation Regiment, Airborne. So he was flying helicopters, 
and uh, little birds, right? Mm-hmm. They ate sixes. And then uh, got a job post military with mm-hmm. Dylan for a while, and that's yeah. Mike had called. Mike had called me in 2010, Mike Dylan, and they had I think three or four of their employees, and they were very small back then. Got activated. They're a little bigger now. So yeah, yeah, a little bit. So Mike called. He's like, "Hey, can you come out and help for a couple months?" You know, and I was like, "Absolutely." So yeah, I wound up being here like a year, a year later. But you know, hey, flying a little bird and shooting miniguns every day, hard to beat. So uh, a lot of people haven't heard your story. Tell us, <laughs> tell us about <laughs> you've had a lot. How many times have you been deployed? Eleven. All yeah, right, eleven. And then when did the uh, when did your uh, famous little bird incident happen what what deployment was that that happened 19 march 2004 about hmm, 15 miles south of fallujah that was my fourth deployment i think fourth or fifth yeah i didn't get credit for it because i didn't i wasn't there long enough so i got, I got shot down <laughs> Trump wouldn't count that. No. My friends don't get I shot down. I didn't get down. captured. You didn't get captured, though. That's because, right. Yeah, my, <laughs> yeah. So, listen, talk to Tell us a story. I mean, uh, everybody loves a good war story, and this yeah. is one that actually goes pretty well. Yes. So, yeah. um, t- can you tell us? The operation is not classified or anything. No, like no. That's all pretty no. straightforward. Yeah. You guys were doing some snatch and grab off of most mm-hmm. wanted dudes, right? Yep. All right. Yeah, give, we us were, a, give us a story. We were doing, well, it was again oh four and it was out we called it the devil's triangle so it was from fallujah to ramadi down to amaria and that made that triangle and yeah it was busy man it was wild wild west and oh three oh four oh five oh six and we were hunting terrace and high you know high up key leaders high value guys high value targets and our orders were to kill or capture not capture or kill so bad dudes a proper order Yes, it is. It wasn't our book. So we had, oh, man, we'd just been busy, busy in Fallujah and hitting targets. We were hitting four, five, six targets a night in March. And we hit a target, got some intel off of it that another dude we were looking for was going to be at a house at 10 o'clock that morning. And, of course, we were like, ugh, daytime? No. Bad things happen to us. We're, we're night stalkers, not day stalkers. Yeah. So they they got that target intel, and the sergeant major says, hey, you guys just, we had a little area there east of Fallujah where we could just kind of hang out and hide in the helicopters. So we did. He says, hey, you guys. You mean like parked? or? Yeah. We, yeah. He said, you guys crank up, hey, get on the radios. Hey, Bobby, my mic's super turned down. I don't know what's happened there. Is that for my coughing? Yeah. Yeah, I turn it back up. I can't hear anything. Thanks, man. Can you hear me now? I can hear you just fine. I had uh, bronchitis a couple weeks ago. Oh, I got this man. nag. And yeah, then yeah. we've got all this pollen. Like, yeah. right now, it's insane right now. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm a, I feel like Doc Holliday. I'm a total longer. Yeah, longer. <laughs> so Sergeant Major says, you guys are going to go yeah. get it. Come on. So, yeah, so Sergeant Major says, hey, just hang out here. We're going to go hit this target, get this guy. And if, you know, if we need you, we'll call you. Absolutely. And are you guys landed? Are you parked? Yep. Not burning fuel? You're just loitering? No, we're, oh, we're you're running loitering. at okay. 100% and right. two or three minute flight. So, if some, you know, if they got got hit or whatever, we could get to them pretty quick. And it, the configuration was two A-6s. 
we carry two Dillon M134 miniguns and then two seven-shot rocket pods. So that's their precision fire support for Delta. That's what we do. So they hit that target. Off there came some more intel that another dude we were looking for was down in Amarillo. So Sergeant Major comes back. He goes, hey, you guys head back to Baghdad. We're just we're going to drive down there and kill this kill this guy, and then we're going to head back to our mission support site. Okay. I just love that. I just love that. Yeah, it's it's fun. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so they did. So we went back to Baghdad. It was probably around 12, 15. We had gotten back, um, decompressed, get a little chow, hit the gym, get ready to go hit some rack, and uh, walked into the talk, and I heard this radio call. um, I recognized the call sign. And it was tick, 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 troops in contact. So that was those guys. So we hauled ass back out to the helicopters, about a 11, 12-minute flight. So we got on station, and uh, they, had, they had hit the target, and they were getting ready to they were getting ready to head back to Baghdad. So they had five vehicles, had two Panders, which is a big armored six-wheeled vehicle, and then three gun trucks. In the gun trucks were 375 Rangers that manned the up guns. So they had 50s and uh, dual 240Gs on the gun trucks. So we're flying around, you know, just keeping them secure. Made a couple engagements on some dudes that were trying to, it looked to me like they were trying to flank, maybe. So we engaged them, killed them. And again, this is about 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And it, it just... I mean, when we took off, the hair stood up on the back of my neck, and it, it's just that sixth sense that warriors have. And I was like, oh, man. All I could think of was, this is not good, but, you know, hey, the bros need us. They're in trouble. We're going to go. So we are on station probably about six, seven minutes, and the troop commander called and says, hey, we're getting ready to depart. And we were just like, oh, okay, good deal. So my co-pilot, I told him in route, I said, whoever's not flying in an AH, you've got your M4 up and ready to engage targets, suppress, whatever the case. Pretty effective at, at doing that. So I said, hey, man, you anything you see, I want you to smack them. Okay, just shoot them down. I came around, and I we just got the call to depart. So we always do a low pass on the guys, you know, like, I don't know, seven, eight feet above them and kind of rock over and wave. <laughs> and sure. They wave back. You're communicating. Well. Yeah, we're communicating. Communicating, yeah. Communication. <clears throat> Team building. Goddamn so, cowboys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was, I never will forget this, and I was headed kind of southwest. I was in a climbing right-hand turn, and at about 165 feet AGL, this explosion, that's the best way I can explain it. It was just, just like a breach going off. If you've ever been close to a breach. Yep, sure. It just saw so a big concussive uh, yep. wave across you. Helicopters vibrated and this big white meter long rod went right by my head and the co pilot said 
funny that didn't come out straight. <laughs> uh, but it was it was the missile. So the the shot was an SA-16 surface terror missile, shoulder fired IR. It seeks heat and works as advertised. It's a good thing your head runs kind of cold. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's big. Right, yeah, man. I mean, it, and the co-pilot said it. He said, "Greg, it went right by your." face and it did it fragged me in the cheek and right here in the neck and i had pieces of missile coming out of me for years and years after that oh. and uh so i i leveled out and things got real quiet and you know as an aviator when the engine quits you're like oh yeah first words oh shit yeah <laughs> where am i crashing yeah where am, Bro, I, where crashing? am I crashing where am i going <laughs> i hate that feeling <clears throat> yes sir so you know, I went to work, and the the best way I can explain this is that from that moment, it went, if you look at an old film, a movie, it was frame by frame by frame. That was my, that's what I saw. That's, you know, adrenaline dumps. I understand the physiological effects under stress. Man, my heart rate was probably 180 when that thing hit, you know, and and I always tell folks, you know, training will take over. If you train to a high standard, then you'll get through this. But if you don't train, you won't get through it. So I'm also an instructor pilot. So I've done, you know, hundreds and hundreds of auto rotations in that helicopter. And we do them all the way to the ground. Nobody else does them but us. So I entered an auto. I got the aircraft level. Checked <laughs> Check my airspeed. You know, it was like 65 knots. So let me pause you for a second, okay? Sure. 65 knots. So for those of you who don't know, an auto rotation is where you take the momentum of the rotors, and you tell me if I get this off because I'm more of a fixed-wing guy. Sure. But you take the momentum of the rotors and your downward momentum, and you convert that to forward momentum briefly to keep you from hitting the ground. So you're converting all of this rotational mass you've got that lift mm -hmm. energy that's being generated by the rotation and you're trying to at the last minute by combination of collective and throttle yep. and all that you're you're at the Something. last minute flaring and just stopping a catastrophic crash that's perfect man did i yeah. about hit it yeah okay it's a, so, it's a control crash so for everybody who doesn't know there's uh, you know an airplane's got all this kinetic energy and the engine stops the kinetic energy is its mass and lift off the wings a helicopter has all this kinetic energy mm -hmm. rot rotating and so they find a way to convert that energy to us fixed wing people we go what the fuck <laughs> yeah the fuck yeah. that's not fucking flying <laughs> that's not natural you know i oh i got mm -hmm. to be friends with sergey sikorsky and uh, years ago, and he said, Paul, Craig, uh, you know, the difference between fixed wing and rotors is a helicopter beats the air into submission. submission. <laughs> yeah. So you're at 65 knots. You've auto-rotated the aircraft. Yep. I got I got level, got the aircraft in trim. I'm checking my rotor, and, you know, I'm just I'm looking at all of it, and this, this happens in nanoseconds is the best way. I, I mean, the brain, the human brain is just the greatest computer on the planet. And and I, I do recall seeing all this stuff. Check my rotor. My rotor's a little high, so I pull in a little collective because you don't want that rotor to spin off the rotor head, you know, if you just let it go out of control. I was heavy. I had a tailwind of about 20 knots. I was in the awesome. worst condition. That's perfect. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. I was in the worst condition I could be in. I mean, the, the aircraft are pigs, and they... They fall out of the sky like a grease crowbar. I mean, they they auto at about twenty six hundred feet per minute, and I, that's screaming. So, 
Oh I, I'm just doing these checks. Now, keep in mind, I was only about 160 feet, and we we did the math on it, and it took approximately 3.4 seconds from the time the missile impacted to the time I touched down. So, did it seem like a long time because of the adrenaline? Oh dump? yeah, man, it yeah. it was just slow motion. That's the best way I can explain it. Thank goodness. You know, the world. It's so funny when you have these moments. I've had some moments like that when your adrenaline hits. The world's still tick-tock in a way. Yeah. Tick-tock, tick-tock. And for a moment, our clock goes tick-tock, 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 yeah. tick-tock. It does. And everything just kind of slows down. Yeah. I've seen, I've had it in fights. I've had it sure. in shooting. And I've had it, you know, when an engine goes out yeah. of an airplane. Yeah. Uh-oh. My adrenaline dump is like, oh, boy. <laughs> Time to go to work. Go ahead, Mansell. Yeah. So you, you, you got put it down on the ground. Yeah. So <clears throat> they're in the, it's in the desert, there's... You know, there's no trees or there were no buildings and aviators use those things to judge distance above the ground because yeah. at 75 feet, I have to start a decel to get the airspeed off. So I'm setting up for my landing and my touchdown. So we rely on the radar altimeter, which we have in the aircraft. So I'm, you know, I'm looking at it, rotor, airspeed, trim, everything's good. And so at I saw 75 feet and I'm looking, you know, pretty much between the pedals because that that's where that helicopter is going to go yeah it's got a real steep angle yep, of descent. very very steep angle everything is green and groovy you know i'm like okay we got this and 75 feet i start my d-cell and i'm thinking to myself i said okay i'm heavy i got a tailwind i don't know the condition of the surface right so in my mind i said i'm going to level at about 15 to 20 feet and then i'm going to pull everything i've got with my collective so what that does that puts pitch in every one of those rotor blades to bite into the air and it just it's that final slowdown before you touch down so it's almost like a powered on if you do them correctly it's like a powered on landing so in the 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 uh, other guy in the ah said man it was the prettiest auto he had ever seen (laughs) i said well, it's just like Neil Armstrong, man. I only had to do one when he was landing the <laughs> lamb on the moon. I got one shot. But, yeah, and, and the guys flying with said, man, it was, yeah, it, I didn't even feel his touchdown. So we we landed, and, of course, the that dust is just like powder. Yeah. So it just fills the cockpit, can't see anything. And I'm just slowly lowering the collective to get that weight on the skids. Because I'd pulled, you know, I'd pulled all that collective to cushion that landing. So your rotor's still down. turning at this mm-hmm. point. Okay. Yeah, it's still turning. And you're under some light power or you're zero None. power? Okay. Yeah. It, so it's just inertia. Yeah. And the, the guys, two guys saw the shot, saw the missile shot. Mm-hmm. And and one of the Rangers, <laughs> he had a camera and he threw his camera and took a picture of me on fire. As I actually have that picture. Oh, well, that's nice. It's in the book. That's pretty cool. And I said, and he's a good, good friend of mine. And I said, Ranger, why weren't you suppressing that target instead of taking pictures <laughs> of me on fire? Like, it, <laughs> it's like, well, gravy. It was a moment, you know, a Kodak moment. Yeah, there's time to shoot, but yeah. this is the only get one this shot. You only get one shot. That's <laughs> fine. But yeah, so so we, you guys landed. Yeah, we land. We slid about thirty-five meters. And I'm, you know, to myself, I'm like, okay, man, we got this. We're good. And then old Mr. Murphy, if you don't know who Mr. Murphy is, he's bad luck. And he raised his ugly head. And with the the speed, my momentum, and I went down just a bit of a slope. 
and the skid stuck. Oh, yeah. We rolled in over in once, twice, came to rest inverted. Helicopter's on fire. And I came to, I know we were both knocked out, but nobody ever knew that. Because if, if an aviator goes unconscious, you're automatically grounded for two years. So we make sense. We weren't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, oh, no, Doc. Wink, wink. No, no, no. We, we were all conscious the whole we're time. We're just trying to cut our straps. Yeah. And so you I, guys are, were you hanging upside down in your yeah, straps? Okay. Yeah. And I had hit the door frame with my helmet and it cracked my helmet. That's how hard I hit it in that crash sequence. I told my guys, because they showed it to me, and I said, get rid of that thing. Burn it, bury it. I don't care because they could have sent it off and it, they could have analyzed it and said, oh man, this guy took a 10 G shot to the head or, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. But I wanted to kind of clean up the battlefield there. So we, I came to, we call it suppressing the evidence, suppressing the evidence. The evidence. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I came to, and of course, you know, you go, you go through those checks and so I wiggle my toes. I move my feet, my legs. And I was like, man, my right leg, I can't feel it too. Oh, okay. That's good. Then I look over at my co-pilot, and again, we're upside down, hanging in the straps, and he's got blood all over his face. What was his call sign? Uh, Bravo. I'm Alpha. He's Bravo. Did he have a nom de guerre? Don't you guys have any cool names? Mm-mm. No. Oh, I thought... No, I'm, all, I'm 4-1 Alpha. He was 4-1 Bravo. All right. Yeah. Very unceremonious. Yeah. In movies. Very. That's just in movies. <laughs> yeah. And in the Marine Corps. And Air, yeah. It's the Marine not Maverick. We or, don't know. You know ain't yeah. they cool? No, everybody called me Furball. Furball. Yeah, because everything was a fucking Furball yeah. if I got involved. So, so, uh, go, so go ahead. So, so you guys are hanging upside down. He's yeah. got blood all over him. He's got blood all over his face. So, first thing. What's I, his name? Are we allowed to know his name? No. Okay. Uh, go ahead. No. Can't put it out. Yeah, no problem. So, <clears throat> I put my hand on his shoulder and I said, hey, you okay? And he, he kind of nodded up and down and. And I didn't want to say, hey, man, you're bleeding or, you know, you're yeah. fucked up yeah. or whatever, because it just sends them to another level of shock. We're both right. in shock. We're both beat up. And there was, I, I, but I heard this popping. It was like popcorn. Pop, 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 pop. And I'm like, okay, am I imagining this? Or, oh, no, it's the ammo right a behind ammo my head off, yeah. cooking off. So then I'm thinking, okay, I got 17-pound rockets on board. What are those going to do when they yeah. catch on fire? Get the fuck out. Yeah. So I said, I told him, I said, hey, look, I said, get out. And I point, because we go to the three or nine o'clock because it's an armed aircraft. You don't want to get in front of it <clears throat> in case something does go off. So I grab my rifle. I crawl out of the front of it. My first priority is security of our site. So, and, it, and again, I was pretty jacked up. I've had 39 surgeries and I got 40. I think 44 pieces of titanium in me after that crash. Really? Got good docs. They put us back together. So I crawled out. I did a, I did a 360 the best I could around the aircraft because my first general thought was, hey, little bird down, Black Hawk down. That was our first day oh, yeah. mission since Mogadishu in 93. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> and old gravy. <laughs> yeah. So... We were only about 300 meters from the ville where the shot came. The guys, they were getting it on. I mean, they were they were putting suppressive fires down. So you hear small arms fire in the background. Yeah, the other to AA, your area. He's, he's diving and shooting. Now he's about out of gas, right. so he's got to depart. And I'm like, so you're going to be on your own, man. Yeah, 
It's all good. <laughs> That's a sucking feeling, too. It, it's a very suck feeling, man. <laughs> especially when, I mean, we were literally surrounded by, you know, mooge. So, so I look back. I'm like, okay, where's Copilot? Nope, he's not out. I mean, the, the, the helicopter is burning. It's on fully engulfed in flame. So one thing I thought about was my little day ruck. We hang right behind our heads. It has MVGs, grenades, water, ammo. So I, I was like, okay, maybe I can get it out. Oh, no. The whole cargo, and you're familiar with the Eric or the MD-500. Yeah. It was just engulfed in flame. Uh. So I'm like, nope. So I go to the front. I get down on my hands and knees. I tell the guy, I was like, get out now. He And he kind of nodded. And I, so I turned around, stood back up. I kind of walked and fell, walked and fell. My legs weren't working very well. And um, so I, I turn around again. I look back. He's not out. So, so I, he's more effed up than you thought. Yeah. 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 So, and my first thought was on his face, the MD 500, 530s, the little birds are, have a bad history of your shoulder harnesses not locking in a crash sequence. Ugh. So they do the old cyclic kiss. And I know a couple guys that, Is that don't what have any him? front teeth. Is that what happened? Oh, okay. No, he bit through his tongue Oh, like halfway through. Oh, my God. Oh, it was nasty. Yeah, that's pretty awful. I was like, oh, dude. I said, you're not going to be licking any lollipops for a while. But anyway, I didn't say anything then. So I crawl back in the helicopter. I reach up. I grab his latch. I pull his latch. And he, you know, he's upside down. He boom, he hits, hits the ground. And then he kind of, I, I think it kind of brought him back to his sense. Yeah, jolted him a little. Jolted. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I asked him later, I said, what in the Sam Hill were you doing hanging in that burning helicopter? He goes, well, I was listening to the radio. They were talking about us. <laughs> and it's just, I mean, the, you know, it's the funny. odd thing. These that, big traumatic bangs that can happen to us, they get our, it's almost like our computer's out of cycle. Mm -hmm. And you stop the rock right order of operation. Yeah. And uh and, and then kunk, something gets you. Yes. And it can snap you back moving again. It's just yeah. uh Yeah. <laughs> your momentum gets twisted. It does. Yeah. It does. So So he, he gets his he kinda I, gets his wits back I just, about him. I grab him and uh you know, we got kid on, I just I grab his vest and I just jerk him out of the out of the out of the helicopter. Jerk him on top of me. I push back and I jerk him again. And we're just, we're face to face, you know? And I was like, you okay, bro? He's like, yeah, I think so. I said, okay, let's go. Get your rifle. So we get out. We go to the three o'clock. There's a little defilade right there. So I said, we're going to set up right here. I said, I put him facing north in the prone. I was facing east towards the bill on a knee. And I said, look, if you see something, sing out. Let's put both eyes on it. We're kind of jacked up right now. I don't want to shoot you know, one of our buddies. Right. He's like, yep, Roger that. So I hear a truck and I say, Hey, I got a truck coming. And he was, I couldn't see it because we were down in that defilade. I heard it stop. And then I see, I see a head, I see a ball cap, <laughs> I see a bearded face and I like, okay, I know that guy. <laughs> I said, we're good. It was Chaz, Sergeant Major Chaz. Was he in a Hilux or what was he driving? No, he was in one of the gun trucks, okay. the up armored gun trucks. Hey, uh, Bobby, would you bring me my other soda sitting there on the counter at my desk or something, please? Thanks. So yeah, he comes so running over. You guys don't plug him. He, he comes running up. Well, he stops about halfway. <laughs> Good thinking. And I, he's, he's, lit, he's like, and he said, I saw him later, and he said to himself, how did those rangers get there so fast? 
Well, and then he's like, oh, that's Gravy and his co-pilot. Those aren't <laughs> rangers. And, I mean, he, and he, then he ran up to us, man. He grabbed us and hugged us, and he goes, bro, I th we thought you were dead, man. I was like, we ain't dead. And uh, he said, told me later, he said, I asked him for a fire extinguisher <laughs> to go put, go put the helicopter out. Yeah. And he's like... <laughs> Dude, it's it's gone, man. <laughs> it's just gone, and it did. It just melted. So what happened next? So, uh, so he asked me. He says, "Hey, Greg." He says, "What do you want to do?" I said, "I want to go find that son of a bitch and kill him." He's like, "Get in a truck." So I got in a truck. We got up. We linked up. We got online and we assaulted the ville where the shot came from. It was a two-story building. So I told the troop commander and the sergeant major. I says, "Hey, I want to clear that building." And I want to go up there on that roof to see if there was any evidence, you know, dunnage or. Right. I got a theory about this dude. There were eight helicopters shot down. I think we're the only crew to survive it. A couple Chinooks, some 58s, I think a couple Navy helicopters. And it was all in that triangle. And SA 16 is a very, very advanced weapon system. And they said there weren't any in that country. So anyway, turns out there were. I think a it was some payback. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there were a few. So yeah, we got in the trucks, and uh, of course Doc got on us, man. He was sticking needles in us, and you know checking us, and oh, and we're here we are going across the desert, just full full speed online, two panders, three gun trucks, and you know I I was in a back seat right hand behind Sergeant Major. And, uh, you know, I just had this pause. I kind of looked to the right. I kind of looked to the left. And I was like, huh. yeah, you may remember Rat Patrol. Oh, yeah, for sure. That, World War II, that's Africa That's what Jeeps. I thought about. <laughs> yeah. I was like, dude, this is just like Rat Patrol. Oh, that's so funny. I thought that kind <laughs> yeah. of thing running across the desert yeah. in the Middle East, too. I'm like, well, this reminds yeah. me of that old TV that's show. Like, yep, the old TV show, <laughs> Hunting Nazis. That's man. so funny. Yeah, yeah. Hunting Nazis. Oh, Brits. Anyway, so I kind of got back. We started engaging targets. Uh, we got to the building. That dates us a little bit. Just yeah, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Johnny Quest. Rat oh, Patrol. totally Johnny Quest, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. So Bandit. funny. But anyway, so we're we're headed in. We get stuck in mud. Two of the gun trucks in the middle of the desert in a gunfight. <laughs> Dudes are running everywhere. So we deploy out of the vehicle. And uh, Jeremy Smith was the top gunner, Ranger, 375. And uh, so I get on the left corner of the truck. A pander's maneuvering back around to back up to us to put a snatch strap on the Humvee to, to pull, pull us out. out of the mud. Yep. And I see this dude in a black man dress. He comes out on top of this building. And I go, hey, Sergeant Major, I said, I got action, my 12. He goes, shoot him. I said, roger that. Well, he had a cell phone. And he turned, he walked back in the little doghouse there. And then he came back out. When he came back out, he stopped. Well, I put a control pair in him, dropped him. Jeremy opened up on the, he had dual 240Gs. So everybody opens up. That'll get it done. <laughs> everybody opens up, you know, man. I mean, it's just shooting everything because dudes are shooting at us. And then... I look left, and Jeremy says, action, 10 o'clock. So he runs his guns. He starts shooting. Well, then two guys come out of this building. One's carrying an AK, one's carrying an RPG. So I shot those two dudes. 
And then, I mean, guys are just engaging targets, all five vehicles. And we're trying to get that pander under fire back up to us and the other truck. Are you out of the vehicle at this mm-hmm. point? Yeah, we're out. We're, we've deployed out in accordance with SOP. And, and what did you have going on with you? I know you said you had medics poking into you at that point. Uh, well, I had a concussion. I blew out both shoulders, blew out both knees. I had a broken vertebrae and C-spine and broken back. So you had all kinds of con- concussive injuries mm-hmm. and impact injuries. TBI. But you were, uh, now you're out of the vehicle because you're like, you don't know how fucked up you are, but no. like there's a bigger problem to deal it's with. It's adrenaline, man. Yeah, sure. I mean, it, it's just... That's, no, but people, you know, people wonder this stuff when they hear this kind of thing. You know, yeah. you don't know when you're banged mm-hmm. up. It just, it hurts and you're banged up. Yep. But at the moment, there's a, you know, if there's a gunfight that needs to happen, you you're like, well, you don't. You don't <laughs> I'm like, time you, out. You I'm hold on, my back hurts. <laughs> you're like, mom, I'm fucking really hurts. sore, but like, I'm going to worry about shooting that guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a, these are lessons uh, for life. You know, if we've got people are. watching this, people uh, are always like, well, how do you do this? Or how do you do that? I'm like, well, you know, you. You don't have an x-ray. You don't know no. if you just got a bad mm. bruise or contusion. Sure, sure. You fucking get Pulled out and work, you get to working. You get if to everything's work. still if everything's still moving, you just Yeah. And and then sometimes brain's working. Sometimes you get out and screw yourself up cuz mm-hmm. you you got something broken or damaged, but you know, but, yeah. but you know there Remember that movie with Mel Gibson Payback? Oh yeah. And he's got yeah. this uh, drug dealer down on the ground. Oh, yeah. He's got the gun to his head. He says, tell me who the dealer is. Yeah. The guy's, "Oh, if I tell you, he goes, worry about me." Worry about me. <laughs> <laughs> worry about me. Yeah. That's that moment, you know, where you if you, you don't know how effed up you are. You know you're effed up. You're like, well, I'll yeah. deal with effed up later. I'm yeah. gonna I'll make sure I'm not dead now. Yeah. So you just get to going. Yeah, and you you know I'm like, hey, Doc's here. He's he's on the radio. He's talking to the rear. Right. And, right. And in the meantime, well, oh yeah. So the troop commander called. He's like, hey, Gravy, come here. He said, I want you to hear this. I said, what's up? He goes, listen. So, theater-dedicated CSAR, Combat Search and Rescue, for Iraq was AFSOC, Air Force Special Operations Command. They're CSAR guys. Let's see, what's their motto? So others may live. Mm -hmm. Is their motto. They refused to come get us. That's a true story. Now, I'm sure it wasn't the pilots and PJs and those dudes. It was higher up. No, somebody else blocked them. Daytime. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And I told our guys, I said, of course, <laughs> they sit back back in the rear of what was going on at Baghdad. There were, I don't know, 10 or 12 helicopters. They said it looked like the clamp. It's every Delta, Ranger, Night Stalker was hanging on because they were coming. Here they come. And I told them, do not come in here. Don't come in here. I don't want another aircraft shot down. And uh, Sergeant Major says, hey, we got the guys that are secure. You know, we'll, we'll get them where we need to get them. Yeah. So we spent probably an hour doing that. We finally made it to the building. We cleared the building, didn't find anything. So Sergeant Major said, hey, Greg, he said, come on. So we, we start walking through this bill, and he's grabbing dudes and kind of doing a, you know, field expedient chat with them. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And he spoke the language. I oh, mean, fluently. That's, that's pretty handy. Fluently. That's pretty handy. Yeah. And uh, we couldn't, yeah, nobody saw him. We couldn't find a dude, so. We come out of there, um, so now it's, I don't know, two or three hours, getting stuck vehicles out, gunfights with Al-Qaeda dudes and bad guys, and I said, hey, I want to go back to the crash site to make sure that all our sensitives, especially those miniguns, yeah. and we're trained that if you have to leave a gun, you take the safing sector off the gun. If you have the safing sector, the gun can't be fired. 
And I mean, it, it was literally, it was just a pile of ashes, but <clears throat> that's another story. Well, I'll just say it now. So 10 years later, yeah, 10 years later, I'm going through my attic and I, there's a kit bag and I open it. Well, there's a, my uniform I was wearing that day. So I pulled the jacket out. I was like, oh, I'll be darned. Pulled the pants up and I was like, Huh, something something in the pocket. Something in the pockets. Safing sector. Right leg, left leg pocket, safing sector each. And I did not even remember doing that. But I gave one of those safing sectors to Mike Dillon. That hangs in their hallway at Dillon Arrow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So we go back. Of course, it's burnt. Um, they blew the rockets. The rockets didn't do anything, surprisingly. <clears throat> they go off and so they charged them and we blew them in place and made sure, you know, Camo and all that stuff was all destroyed. 82nd came on station. They secured it, put it in a box, shipped it home. But they shipped, they took the aircraft to do forensics on it, and they, they wanted to deny, one of those three-letter agencies mm. wanted to deny or confirm the system. SA-16s. And they found a little piece of metal in the right-hand gun box and says, yeah, it was an SA-16. Okay. It's like, dang. Just forensics. Yep, just forensics. Now, did you guys ever get the dude that shot you down? No. Didn't oh. find him. Oh, God, man, my head had that. Him. I thought you guys had gone and got him. Man, I wanted to. I wanted to kill that son of a bitch. So we get back in. We fight our way through Fallujah. We fight our way to Ramadi. We fight through to Ma- So this is in 04 or 06? 04. Okay, 04. Oh, 19 March 04. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, the, the Sergeant Major says, okay, we'll take the guys to our, our mission site. Okay. Okay, we got doc, docs are there. Yep. Good. Again, I told Night Stalkers, do not come in here. Do not, okay? Don't want you. We're good. We're secure. We got Doc. So we, and you know, and you talked about it earlier, you know, our mind and our bodies, what they do under stress and duress and adrenaline. And we pulled in through the front gate and I opened the door and I started throwing up. (laughs) I mean, it. It, that safety factor the release I, I, yeah the release yeah of course the docs grabbed me i mean i just i just fell out of the door man i just yeah I had, it's so funny you say that i told a story the other day on the show because i had a medical incident happen mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago and i was telling the story about uh i don't know if you remember when my yak 50 i lost some oh, yeah. over on that and yeah. i ended up putting it down out yeah. in the desert up north of town and i remember uh you know, the engine went out, and, and, you know, I was flying with Slick that day. That's right. That's funny. That's so right. So Slick and TJ were flying with me. I'm lead. They're just joining up on me off, you know, we were just off the field. And I remember I, I got a little flash of light, and I looked down in the I looked down on my instrument panel, and I had my chip detector light flashed just uh-huh. for a second. And then the oil pressure went boop, boop. And I mean, just instantaneously. And I was like, oh, Uh-oh. shit. So I was maybe going, you know, 120 knots or so, mm-hmm. and so I pulled, scrubbed off my airspeed, and got to best glide, and sure. got a little, got a little mm-hmm. extra altitude, and I just looked around. Oh man, I'm going down the dirt for sure. I'm not going to make it back to the airport. Oh, dude. That sinking feeling, you know. And I was like, okay, and I did the math really quickly. You know, yeah. about, I get about a mile per thousand feet of altitude, mm-hmm. so I knew exactly what I was like. You okay, bet. well, there's my crash cone. Yeah. So I'm just start yeah. looking for where I'm going to crash. It is. Where's the wind? I don't want to get into the wind. So I end up making it out to turf, that little dirt strip oh, out yeah. there. Yeah. You know, it's got that little cliff off yep. the other side. And I got there. I got over the power lines. I'd been scrubbing energy. No My kidding. engine never seen. I came in way too fast. Down at the end of the runway, I 
I just pulled straight up, did a little hammerhead, and put Damn. it right down the dirt. Slick good. said it was the great craziest thing. He says that's the craziest landing I've ever seen. Oh, I said, no. "Well, for Slick to say, I that. know he he was you know complimentary, yeah. but I guess my voice went up a little higher while oh, I was on yeah. the radio. Yeah, I was you know it's so funny you have something like that happen. I was like, okay, just sound cool on the radio. Oh yeah, gotta be cool. But man. I guess I went up like yeah. a whole. Octave. Everybody does. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> does. I land out there, and that's like a uh, glider port. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And the gliders, you know, they're kind of like pot smoking hippies, yeah, the yeah. glider guys. Yeah, I've almost had a couple of them time to time. <laughs> so, so they run over because oh. I just come gliding yeah, in there. You're like, what the? I get out of the airplane. That 50's got a real steep wing when you're sitting on the gear mm-hmm. and I've got a parachute on. And I'm like, hey, I made it. Yeah. Okay. Good. good. And then the adrenaline dump. Yeah. I step off the wing and I just fall on the ground and I had a hard time standing back up. I yeah. mean, I was just, and that was you're all gone. of. Two minutes, yeah. maybe, but I was toast afterwards. Yes, yes, sir. <laughs> so I know what you mean. Like you just open yeah. up the door. Yeah, because I almost did the same thing. Yep, it was that. You know, and you know, my brain, your brains take over, and, and okay, I'm in a safe environment. Okay, now I can be hurt, sick, and you know, whatever the case. So one of our Blackhawks landed. It wasn't probably five minutes after we had arrived there. Of course, they called, gave him an ETA, and. Um, the the other AH, <laughs> you know, we're all brothers. We love each other. But so they see the whole thing, and he's he told me he's like I was just getting ready to land because that helicopter's burning. We don't see any, you know, gravy and co-pilot, and we see this. We see you crawling out the front, you know, dragging your rifle, and you stand up, you take a step, you fall down, you stand up. You fall down, <laughs> and, but my leg, my right leg wasn't working. And they said I got a, a stinger, I guess, in that L spine, and it kind of puts your legs to sleep. Mm. But he, he said we had to chuckle at you, man. He said it looked like a circus clown. He's up, he's down. He's up, he's down. Yeah, at adrenaline. The time it was funny. Adrenaline and, body failure. Adrenaline oh, yeah. body failure. Yeah. 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 So they they scooped us up. Of course the. We had the surgeon there, a couple of docs, and they started working on us. And then Blackhawk picked us up and flew us to the cache in, uh, in Baghdad. Yeah. How long were you out of uh, commission after that? Oh, let's see. That was March. I had two surgeries, April, May, June. And I deployed in September of 04 with B Squadron. They needed a fires guy. I was grounded. I mean, I, I had a, I had a, I've never had a migraine, but my head pounded for nine months. I mean, nonstop. And of course, and then it just finally went away. It just, yeah, it just stopped. And of course, you know, the unit, they sent me to every specialist. I mean, they take good care of So us. you were kind of out of the show for a year. Yeah. And then yeah. you got back in. How many yeah. more years did you fly after this incident? Uh, four. Four yeah, more Yeah, I years. did, uh, I think five more combat tours. Yeah, I'd go, I'd come home, and the doc's got a plan for me. Hey, we'll do a knee, rehab, get you back in the fight, come back. And I, I went on that tour in uh, 04, 05 with, with Delta, and I also worked with uh, 2-2 SAS guys and as a fires guy and air guy, and I just I felt sorry for those. I mean, best operators on the planet, well, other than Delta. And... But they just they do more with less. Yeah, I, I, they do, and they're 
just good, good freaking warriors, man. I, yeah, I had a couple stories with them, but anyway. Tell me, yeah. uh, tell me what countries you've uh, been deployed in, if you're able to tell us that. Yeah, Iraq, Afghanistan. I was in Afghanistan. I won uh, late September, early October. We were the first on the ground. Fifth group was up up north, and then T- Task Force Sword. We were down south hunting UBL and uh, all those jackasses. Um, of course, hit nine on 19 October 01. There in Kandahar, we hit Omar's compound his ranch out there south west of kandahar and uh yeah it was uh pakistan um yeah so syria okay where else (laughs) wink wink iran wink wink yeah yeah okay might have been some targets over there all right all right so mostly middle middle east Mm -hmm. yes sir no africa no no what do you take away what's the you know, people listen to these stories because they want to see if there's a lesson or they want to hear oh, yeah. about something heroic. And I'm sure you've seen some heroic stuff. I oh, I just saw mostly people just kind of doing their job. I know, yeah. I didn't know if I ever saw anything really heroic. Yeah, you um, did. But, uh, Absolutely you did. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but I, I just think uh, I also was in a much different conflict. Yes. I wasn't in yeah. this, this current kind of low energy, high kinetic mm-hmm. um What's the big takeaway from all of it? Do you have any big life lessons? It's done some damage to you sure. that you've had to work on, right? Sure. Yeah. Do absolutely. we go? Do we go off to combat, and our weaknesses are uh, amplified by our experience, or do we go off and find out our weaknesses? I we think, also find our strengths, but yeah, I mean, strengths you know, are easy. You spent a lot of time. I think. I don't know if we're. I don't know what you wanted to talk about today, but you've been on a journey because I've heard you as we've talked over the years. Yeah. You've been a very introspective, yeah. kind of glue yourself back together. Yeah. Is, is that fair? Yeah, that's very fair. Okay. I wrote a book about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is this what the book is about? Yes. Talk to us yeah. about the book. So Death Waits in the Dark. In the Dark. Yes, sir. Um, when did your book come out? Last year in March. And is it, tell, is it a collection of stories of your yeah, of, of your time in service? It's not about me, and I and I. It took me fifteen years to write this thing. <laughs> it, it did, and I and I. So when's volume two come out? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. So it took no. you fifteen. years? I did write a children's book though, right after this. Did you? B is for veteran. Yeah, it's an alphabet book. Oh, Check I like it. Pukenduger dot com. Yeah, B is for veteran. But anyway, um. Yeah, I, I thought about it, I, and I'm a very faithful Christian. I'm a very strong Christian man, and and I prayed about this, and it, it took me some time, but I, I was getting, uh, I mean, Sergeant Major Kyle Lamb, you know, George Han. I had some... Did some, I hear Kyle's here in town? Yeah, yeah. I just tried to call him earlier. Like, is he... He's, he's not at living the range. Oh, so he's... No, you're, we're doing a sick day. Oh. Yeah. I'm going to run out there tomorrow and go kick him in the shin. We should see if we can get him up here. I haven't talked yeah. to him in years. Yeah. Yeah, I tried to call him earlier. You know, he he, he came around when I was new. Yeah. 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 I, mean, I, I love seeing the look. I was like, what the hell happened yep. last 10 years? I know, man. <laughs> it's crazy. This is, ah, oh, we're so blessed. Yeah, man, I tell you, every day I pinch myself. Yeah. Right Hard after, work. Right after somebody punches me in the face. Yeah. yeah. Hard work, you will prevail. Right? Yeah. yeah. Right. It's the American way. So, so was, I, this, I, was this kind of a journey of therapy for you? Yes. It, it was very, 
And there were a couple times my wife was like, hey, you need to walk away for a few days. Oh, okay. Because she could see it coming and boiling points. And and it, and it was. I, I took that emotional roller coaster because it's it's not all, you know, high fives and accolades. And, and I wanted, of course, George Hand, former, he's Master Sergeant, retired, former Delta Commando. He was, he wrote it with me. And he, he had really poked me pretty hard. I'd written some stories. He was writing for soft rep and he just begged me. He's like, Coke, write me some stories. I can, well, I did. I wrote like Haditha Dam and, you know, some big battles, uh, Afghanistan invasion, but, and they were just, people were just going crazy over him. He's like, look, man, we got to do a book. Of course, Kyle was like, bro, he'd always tell me gravy. If it ain't written, it never happened. Right. I and remember I, you telling me about, I remember that, you telling me Kyle that said, that always okay. stuck. You know, so I did. Kyle wrote the intro for it. I was very honored that, you know, he took time to do that. But, <clears throat> yeah, so I, I got this process going and started. But my And I did not want to do it. I didn't want to be that guy. Not There's maybe two or three books about the 160th out there. Of course, Mike Durant and Black Hawk Down. But not, not much written. Nothing about, you know, the Little Bird companies, what they do or did how's or, it been received by that community which usually good. stays pretty quiet they're pretty yeah. cool about it good yeah. yes sir yeah i was and i and i was i was very worried about that and i called the unit and i talked to them i said hey i'm writing a book and i wanted to use the dui on the cover yeah so i'd done my research you know like u.s army marine all that stuff's copyright yeah. you can't use it and i couldn't find anything on this so i called i called our uh our PAO, public affairs officer, and then the uh, intel guys. I said, hey, I'm writing a book. Can I use the Night Stalker DUI? Absolutely. And we spoke for a little bit. The guy knew me. I didn't know him. And he said, you know what, Gray? He says, you're the first guy that's ever called up here to ask us if you could use and write any of this stuff. And I said, well, I'll send you the manuscript. You read through it. Make sure there's no problems. And I had everything triple-checked. Hey, that's our rule, because I did not want any couple of items were on the fence. So I said, no, nope, I'm taking it out. Did you? Um, did you? That. Did you uh, send it? Uh, I know that the uh, State Department sometimes reviews this stuff. Mm -hmm. Did you? Did, DOD does. I called them, yeah. and the guy told me, yeah, eighteen months. Okay. And did you have him do it? <laughs> no. No. Okay. I wasn't waiting eighteen months. You know, but I did talk to some other guys that had written books. And they said, send it to the unit. I said, Roger that. So that's what I did. I remember uh, Chris Kyle, I had gotten a mm -hmm. copy of his manuscript right after he finished the book. He put it in my hands and he said, you've got to read it, Greg. got to read it. And I sat down and read it. And then I remember seeing the, the, the copy that got approved. Ah. <laughs> it was fucking redacted uh, shit, man. Yeah. There was like tons of stuff. I'm like, hey, uh. There's a lot more dead people here. What what happened all that? He's like, yeah, they thought that looked bad. Yeah, I'm like, they thought it looked bad. <laughs> It'll make it. like, okay. Do. Did you guys negotiate a number? Yeah, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> pretty, it was, it, that was pretty in, interesting. So, yeah, yeah. um, it yeah. took you 15 years to write the yeah, book. You finished it up, and did you um did tell me how this goes? Did you a publisher jump on you about it? Uh, did you guys self-publish? How, how does it go? Yeah, it's. I did a lot of research in that because I knew nothing about 
writing it or right but i i will say this and i'm going to put this out to guys and gals or you don't have to publish a book but i think it's important that you capture your legacy greg medford and write some of these stories down for your children mm. and your grandchildren it doesn't have to be published yeah. and i and i tell guys this because i realize it now my wife was my biggest inspiration for writing this book we were sitting in the den one evening she goes here's how i want you to think about it write this for your children and your grandchildren it's mm. your legacy mm. boom i could grasp that yeah the next day i started writing 89 days later i finished the manuscript so publishing who man these people rip writers off they really do they keep 70 to 80 percent of your royalties right i said i'm not doing that i talked to other army dudes you know that written books and they're like man it's kill it killed us yeah and we didn't know yeah and you sign your life away to that publisher movie rights i mean Everything. all that stuff yeah i said okay i can do this i'm gonna self-publish this thing got amazon you know all these other places it's a different universe you know 25 years ago yeah You'd be in the middle of nowhere. Good, yep. good for you. You publish a book out in Texas. You and three other people will know. But you know, now you can kind of get yourself out there. Yeah, yeah. And my printer, I called, and I, it's, they're the Warriors Journey. They're a, a faith-based nonprofit, and I've worked with these guys, Kevin Weaver, and just great, great people. And I, I called Kevin one day, and he's like, hey, how's the book coming? And I was like, good, man. I said, I'm trying to find – I'd interviewed three printers. I interviewed three of everybody. And, of course, I did have some publishers call me because I guess the word got out. And they're like, hey, yeah, we want to be your editor, your publisher, and blah, blah, blah. I was like, no, no, thanks. I got it. So Kevin, he goes, Greg, we are a printer. <laughs> so they printed the book for me. And uh, it just all worked out, man. It was just I was blessed, and we were all blessed. So I donate 100% of the proceeds, and that was that was why I did not want a publisher or somebody's fingers in that pot because I wanted to give back to the community to help veterans, their families, and first responders. Sure. So to date, I think it's about $52,000 I've donated to nonprofits yeah. from the sale of this book. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Isn't that cool? It is. Yeah. And uh, you'd, so have to sell, you'd have to sell a million of them. Yeah. I think I've sold about 6000 Awesome. So, yeah. Yep, yep. It's good though. It's good. So, um, what are you up to now? I know you flew for a little while after you got out of the army. <laughs> Making knives. Spent a little time at, at Dillon. Um, yeah. And then after Dillon, I knew you were doing some helicopter hog hunting. Yep. Did are that. you still involved in that at all? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I got to get you guys out next year to our annual helicopter hog hunt. Okay. Oh, yeah. We, I've asked you Why now haven't... for like four or five years, Greg Medford. I'm such an asshole because I've always, I'm always like, I know people are going to need me and I'm trying to grow this thing. You know, this I doesn't know. happen on its own. I know. But You're I'm, busy. Actually, I'm actually at the point now where I can uh, um, not rest on my laurels, but I think no. I can I can punch out and do some things with yeah. friends and have some adventures. You bet, man. I mean, Young County Warrior Ranch, we do this annually. This year we had like 240 shooters, 240 bets come to this one little place in Graham, Texas from all over the country. We fellowship, we laugh, we cry. Guys hadn't seen each other for 25 years. Happens. 
at this little place. And then we go shoot pigs. We killed over 600 pigs this year. Oh, my God. That's awesome. Shooting them out of helicopters, man. It's that's fun. That's awesome. Well, cool. And do they go round up the uh, carcasses afterwards, nah. or is it just uh, pest, pest, eat. pest eradication? <laughs> yep. Yeah, they're, they're, they're terrible varmints. They do millions and millions of dollars worth of damage every year in our state. And they tear up wheat fields and just, yeah, they're very destructive. So. so they let you fly around helicopters and shoot them in New York, huh? That's so weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Only in yeah. Texas, man. Only, Only in, in Texas. Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so did that, do that, and um, yeah, I just started making knives, man. You, you've you been a long-time inspiration ever since you made the six-gun knife, and uh, I said, I'm going to learn how to do this one day. Well, again, a bunch of pokes, Kyle Lamb, he's making knives, of course you, and I kind of, I hate bothering you, you're busy, but I had to pick your brain, and but dude, I just I love it. It's yeah. it's a hobby. Yeah. And it's it's very therapeutic. You know. Yeah, I do. Know. I, I remember do. you and your one man <laughs> your one man shop yep. over here. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh it's funny it's fun. people who you know, were around when I got started when they come around now, they're like, What the fuck? Oh yeah. It's crazy. I was in shock, man, all morning walking around this this is amazing, brother. It's crazy. Well done. Thanks, man. Good job, bro. I'm proud of you. So, uh, Death Waits in the Dark. You can find it on Amazon. Uh, just uh, look up Death Waits in mm -hmm. the Dark by Greg Coker. Or my website, deathwaitsinthedark.com. You can get a signed copy. $25 shipped. Awesome. It's and on uh, Audible. I read the book for Audible, and everybody loves it. And then Kindle. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um. I got a little surprise for you today. No, you don't. Yes, I do. No, you don't, Greg Medford. Yes, I do. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't have my pistol on me, man. I flew here. So for so <laughs> let me give you guys the rest of the story. So the way we met, and he said, hey, I tried having these guys do it, and I tried having this company do it. Yeah. After the State Department uh, did the forensics or Pentagon or whomever it was. Was it State Department on the SAC? I don't know who it was. So after the federal government got the pile of wreckage back mm -hmm. that uh, the Army went in and picked up from your mm -hmm. from your shoot down, uh, he got a chance to get the barrels out of the bird. Yep. He got the barrels and he carried them around for a while and he approached a couple other knife companies and mm -hmm. um, said, "That was stupid." <laughs> like they didn't get he didn't get any action on them. And of course, my naivete, I was like, "Okay, we can do it." Yeah. He says, "Hey, Greg, I want to make knives out of the barrels." I said, "Okay, we can do that." So I reached out to Alabama, Damascus. Mm -hmm. He bored the chrome out of the barrels and then he heated them up red hot, split them down the side, opened them up, flattened them, <laughs> made Damascus out of them and sent me tongues of Damascus. And then I started making knives out of them. And I should have held on to those and waited till I was a better knife maker. But oh. it, it worked out. It's beautiful. Um, and then uh, we, I don't even remember how many we made of those, 20 years. I think so. Something I, I had... I think I got 11, one for me, and then I want, I gave 10 to the guys that were on the ground with me that day, co-pilot. The, the guys all liked them. Rain, oh, man, they loved them. And then, uh, and then you still have yours. No. No. It's gone. The X got it. Yep. Along <laughs> well, with my 1911 service pistol and some other stuff, yeah. Well, as fate would have it. Get to heck. Greg, No. I got one extra one. No, uh mm -hmm. No, you don't. I do. It was the one I kept for myself. No, man. Yeah. This is yours. I, I this got is lots your of, art. No, no, no. That's for you. No, dude. Yeah. 
So open it up. Uh, Let's to let everybody see it. So it's got. Ah, there's the coin. It's got your pigskin challenge going yeah. on the top. Never knife tool cart. No. I packaged this up years ago. Ach, hmm? Reckon the Deutsch. That was my old angry terms and conditions. Go. Don't be a fucking retard. Oh, dude. In a uh, black case. I mean, this is from years ago. Yeah. And then this it got, was a snappy little. It got gone through this morning, so it's freshened up. Gosh, man. It's the, from the original batch. Oh, they showed me these. That is a cool, cool idea. Samurai sack. Yeah, here, just untie the back there. There you go. This says limited warranty. I thought it was. Well, now it's uncomfortable. That's back when I was mad at everybody. <laughs> That's it, bro. Titanium. It's got the mini gun barrels with a six for six guns. Gosh dang. Medford knife. There's the Damascus. So, yep, so that, that was made with the barrels. Uh, that My were, mini guns. That were, that your mini guns that you got God, shot down man. with. Doggone it. Yeah, I had other guys when they found out. They're like, dude, I'm sending you my knife. Nope, that's yours. That's yours. Okay. Well, I wasn't and in I the unit, and it was a pleasure making the prod. It was a pleasure yeah. doing the project. So, no, it, it was a. They're pretty damn collectible now, just <laughs> FYI. <laughs> so, you might save that for when you're ready to buy your next helicopter. <laughs> Greg, thanks, bro. You're welcome. Happy oh, to do it. Man. It's been sitting in my safe waiting for a home. Mm. <laughs> cool. You don't know what that means, bro. Well, I, warrior, I, do, warrior. I, I do know what it means. That's why I was happy to do it. Thank you very much. All right. Well, I'm letting you hug me from across the table, okay? okay? Yeah, All right. Man hug. <laughs> <laughs> you turd. <laughs> simplify. 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 Well, um, so so, um, what are you doing now? Are you doing anything professionally? Or you're retired now. Well, I'm just man. I've just I've dove into this knife making, and I just bought a new coal iron press and got me a little old forge, and so I'm learning. And I I went out. I went down and worked with John Horgan. He's a really good friend of mine. Bob, his brother, was a very good friend of mine. He was killed in action in 05. That's not from the guy from Paragon. No. Who? No, no, no. Okay. No, that's Butch. Butch, um, he lives in Graham. He lives yeah. where I live. His dad lives in New York. Yeah, town, he right? makes yeah. folders. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, I go out to their shop and bug yeah. them. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing, man? They like, called, go away, go they away. They called me up and said, hey, we ran into one of your friends, Greg Coker. Mm -hmm. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. I'll be darned. Yeah, so I went down, worked with John. He, he lives about three hours away. Just a phenomenal artists like you and all these other guys bill harsey's friend of mine i talked to bill all the time and i went out and worked with chris williams about a month ago wilmot grinders and yep. uh, chris is an old friend of mine former delta guy and yeah i, I just I, I i just get a lot of therapy from doing this stuff man i get it and uh and i love it and yeah i just i like the you know the design concept of it and making this and seeing it come to fruition yeah it's and pretty neat it is it, it, it's cool but again it's it's a hobby and i i really enjoy it i'm into making damascus so i've made some chef knives and stuff like that so cool people. so tell me about this knife you just handed me well that was my second attempt at damascus so that's 320 layer 
and that's my Skinner concept design. So yeah, I made that out with Chris Williams out at his shop in North Carolina. Yep. What's the material? What's the metal? So what I did is we got to 160 layers and then I sandwich I cut that in half, sandwich nickel foil on a piece of 1095. So that 1095 to the center. So 1095 is your core? Yes. Nickel, core. nickel 1084 separation. on the outside. Cool. And then the nickel. It was an experiment. <laughs> and we were like, maybe this will work. So, uh, and then what do you have the uh, Kydex lined with? That's just to protect the blade and hold. Is hold it lined with leather? Oil. No, it's oh. it's um, felt. It, are you giving me this? No. No. <laughs> That's my only one, bro. <laughs> I'm not, I'll make you you're one, just, though. You're just showing me. Yeah, I'm just showing you. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like. I'm I, making I, you one. I never know these days anymore. People hand me knives. I'm like. Oh. I'm making you one. All right. Okay. 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 No, no, no. I'm not trying to hit I'm, you up. You make yeah. them and sell them and then no, pay for right. your hobby. Yeah. Um, very cool, man. That's a great looking little knife, and Thanks. I love. Would you etch it with? Did you do, uh, did you get ferric it with uh, ferric chloride? Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. Ferric and apple cider vinegar. Oh, nice, yeah. nice. Everybody's got their thing. Yeah. I take mule piss, <laughs> yeah. three yeah. ounces yeah. of Basal. pig blood, just in case I stab an Arab <laughs> <Yeah>. with it. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was that guy who was quenching him in pig blood. You remember oh, that? God, yeah, yeah I, I like, do remember that. Yeah, I was like, oh man, oh man, yeah, you know. Yeah, I'm learning to grind, and yeah, so, that's a... So you're re you're a retired knife maker now? Yes, sir. Is that about the wrap <laughs> of it? it? All right. We got a ranch, and they're in Texas, and we raise longhorns. And Where are you out in Texas? Graham. Graham, Graham. Texas. Okay, two that's hours, why you said that. Two hours west of Fort Worth. Nice. And uh, my wife has a commercial embroidery company, and we embroider hats for Dale Brisby. Well, Dale, yeah, old son. If you've never seen him, you need to look him up. He's on Netflix, has his own show. Did how you, to be a cowboy. How to be a cowboy. Did you uh, uh, Did you go to the Blade Show that happened in Dallas? I did. You did. I okay. sure did, yeah. I wasn't there. I heard it was, uh, I I heard it was pretty good. Yeah, it was really good. You it know, it was packed. kind of a weird time. I had, I had, I lost so much money on canceled trade shows, oh, and it was happening great, right yeah. at the end of COVID. I was like, I, I, and I was like, I'm fucking I'm done with all this bullshit. Yeah. So I said, I'm gonna wait until everybody's asking me to come again, and then yeah. I'm gonna do it. Yeah. So you my next come next year. My yeah, I am gonna come next year. I think, and it that used be to be moved. a cowboy show. Yes. And yes. it's turned into a tactical yes. and you know modern everybody. stuff too. Everybody. Yeah. I met Jason Knight and his wife. Really cool people. I watch him quite a bit and. I've learned quite a bit. I want to go do a class with him. Kyle did a class with him a few months ago, and I gave them a book, and his wife emailed me a couple of weeks ago and says, I really love your book. Cool. <laughs> so, yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's just a great community, as you know, and yeah. you get to see old bros, and I'm looking forward to Blade Show. And I, I actually, I, I just, I was very, oh, I didn't want to take away your time because everybody's getting ready for blade and, oh you know it's the, uh, the nice thing about i don't my, call any of my knife making buddies right now. you know my life used to be like that and it's not anymore because okay. i really i yeah. you know my management style is so different than sure. most companies yeah i i'm not a micromanager at all no i'm like at the point someone's not doing their job i'm like hey we got a problem here and yeah. uh can you do this job or not sure if not let's get somebody else who can and find something that fits you better so I'm not plagued by, 
I got to get my nose in everything. Right, right. I really, and you know, the, the truth is, um, because of my style, um, the, the company's better at making knives than I was. Oh, yeah. Because they, yeah. they do, they're, they're awesome at it. Yep. And then what I do is I come up with new doodles and new drawings sure. and new ideas, and I'm looking at the marketplace. Yeah. So wow. the, the curious thing is I'm, as it turns out, my gift is way more towards the business. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and, you know, a lot of guys, they like the knife making so much and they hate the business part. Mm -hmm. I love the alchemy of the business. Yes. I'm older. I like connecting with people more. Yep. People person. I, and I like seeing the tools in people's hands. And yep. I like seeing the tools go on little adventures. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what gratifies my soul. Yeah. I know I can make knives. Yeah. yeah. And then I've got a whole nother, you know, the younger people, mm -hmm. they like seeing their hands make stuff. Oh, yes. Sir. So they're perfect for that. Yes. Let them. And then, I, and, then, and then I'm always pushing on, no, better quality. No, yeah. more than. So as time's gone by, we make more knives than we ever have. Mm -hmm. The quality's better than it's ever been. Yeah. And that's it's... usually the opposite, right? Yes. Yeah, the quality usually goes down as right. you go up. And, and there's also delusion. A lot of guys think they're awesome knife makers, <laughs> and they think their employees suck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they're fucking delusional. Yeah. So I, you know, I run the team pretty well, and then yes. I've got I've got the team that runs itself really well, and we don't have a middle management here. No. Well, so, you surrounded yourself with eagles, is what you've done. Yeah. Great management style. Yeah. What Ross Bro always said. I surround myself with eagles. So. And, and and I try to. I'm I'm always you know trying to have a better team that, that's more capable than I am. Sure. And then I can do, uh, you know, this company's got a unique thing because I'm not, I'm actually not ego driven at all. Mm -hmm. I, I could disappear and stay that way for a long time. Sure. For me, it's uh, really about, you know, where can I plug the company in better and where can I help the marketplace? Oh, yeah. Because I feel like any business I can stop from going to China and we make it mm -hmm. here. Like, I've got different missions growing inside of me. Oh, I can't and imagine. It's that. not just like, well, let's make knives. I'm like, oh, we can make knives. Yeah. How do we make a million of them? Yeah. And, and make them and, better. Yeah. And then how do we make a million all here? And how do I cut off a bunch of imports? God. Like, my whole thing is this chess game against imports right sure. now. Sure. So I'm working. I have some really cool things on the horizon to hopefully, yeah. you know, industries that leave America don't come back. No, they don't. And they don't come back because you have to have somebody who's pushing for that. Right. And there's the Wharton Business School, the Kinsey Institute, all these guys. No, nobody's pushing for that anymore. No. I'm pushing for it. You bet. So if a bunch of little guys like me can have a little revolution yeah. in a in a little industry where we can nudge the needle yeah you know i couldn't nudge the car industry needle no, no. but in the knife industry i can oh, yeah, nudge the can. needle and you have and and so I, i'm trying to get other people and inspire them to be doing this and i want them to be embarrassed yeah. doing business in the wrong place good i'm, I'm and, good for you. and uh it sounds awful but i, I i'm shaming people mm -hmm. into being thoughtful yes about manufacturing yeah this is america Keep your manufacturing in America. Put people to work. Yeah. Yeah. And don't ask for your country <laughs> no. to have highfalutin standards and no. then go buy elsewhere. Mm -mm. It's funny. It's millennial, little millennial centrist and leftist uh, youngsters buying all these Chinese yes. knives. And they say, oh, well, you shouldn't be afraid of competition. And I go, I'm not afraid of competition, no. you little son of a bitch. Come on over here. Let's yeah. compete a little Let's bit. Compete. I'm happy to compete with anybody. I'm not going to compete with a government that's buying, you know, underwriting the machinery, mm -hmm. underwriting the, uh, under, underwriting the uh, currency, right. underwriting the materials. 
and then they're stealing my intellectual property? Mm -hmm. That is that what you mean by competition? Yeah. Because if that, that's what you mean by competition, how about you let me come fuck your sister? Yep. Or your mom. <laughs> yeah. Let me come yeah. fuck your mom. Yeah. How's that sound? That's your mom. Just dating. Gosh. Man. <laughs> you know, like they 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 don't uh, see what a a, a thief a thievery no. is going on. Man, it's they're blind. Yeah. So and, blind. And I get I you know I look I don't get as berated by it anymore because I've been out there enough and for a long time, but uh, people don't get it and no. when you hear them saying oh it's just competition say no i'm, no. I'm cool with free and fair competition oh, yeah. matter of fact yeah. where are all the great german and italian knives competing with me yeah like i'm pretty comfy with going at, yeah. and all due respect to fox and all the folks sure. in germany they're making knives yeah. but i'm happy to go head to head with Absolutely. any of those guys Absolutely. no problem mm -hmm. you know why they treat their people well yeah they keep their country clean they yep. follow the rules yep. they don't have slave labor that's right they're, and their countries aren't manipulating currency mm -hmm. okay and they're also not making battleships to fight my country right no, now they're not and fuck china yeah yes, <laughs> yes. i'll have to say it but fuck them like a dog oh. <laughs> so you know people say well uh, you know hey you have stuff that's made in taiwan i go taiwan's not china and mm. taiwan is poking the eye in china oh, yeah. and i love giving yes. uh, i love having taiwan poke the eye in yes. china fine by me yeah south korea too yep People say, Absolutely. well, Greg, you've got stuff made in Japan. I go, I I'm not afraid of foreigners. No. I just hate my enemy. Yes. I, yeah. it, I, think, it's a, I think it's a fair reaction for us to hate it's our enemy. very anime. fair reaction. Very <laughs> fair. It, it's not, un I mean, look, I don't sit around gnashing my teeth, boiling with hatred. No. But if someone says, you should love thy neighbor, I go, well, you know, yeah, yeah. I do my neighbor. And yeah. But not China, F China. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I see what's going on. Yep. People yeah, who don't see it when you hear them talk, mm. you, you go, oh, you, you don't know what you're talking about. No, no. Um, so you're making knives. You got any plans with the knives? You're trying to do anything, or is it just, is it truly just a personal passion thing? Personal passion. Cool. Yeah, I sell a few. Yeah, people like them and want them. And I try to make, you know, think of it like, and you told me this years ago, they're just tools, Greg. They're yeah. just tools. Yeah. So... You know, it's like our 1911 or an M4. It's, yeah. it's a tool. I love seeing people get them in their hands who love yeah. them. I got a guy just sent me a video. I made him one of these skinners, and he's he's, he's getting a pig. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it went through it like a razor blade. But, yeah. yeah. It's, so it's, it's cool. um, it, you know, it's, you're going to find this out if you haven't already. There's some people you make a knife for, and you give it to them, and you've put all this time, energy, effort in it. Mm came out beautiful and the etch is awesome and the handle feels right there's yeah. no hot spots and you really like it sheaths and clicks yeah, just right clicks. and yeah hand it to me like, oh thanks i mean yeah. kind of like whatever there. i'm like hey motherfucker yeah. i just fucking work my I ass just, off of that so I like put my heart and soul into that thing man yeah i hammer forged it fuck man i like i have a short <laughs> list of dudes i'll give a yeah. knife to you know because mm. i'm like most people are like hmm. yeah no oh, well it's knife like, oh, thanks yeah i'm like you know, that doesn't come out of a goddamn juicing press. No, man. <laughs> Especially there ain't a bunch of little yellow bastards out there <laughs> hammering away on yeah, this stuff. It doesn't come out of the machine that goes bing. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I especially when I was hand making my own knives, if I yeah. gave somebody a knife and they were like, eh, I was like, hey. I was like, hey, give me that knife back. Give He's me that knife back. Them fighting words. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
Well, listen, uh, it's it's been great having you, and I'm sorry for the delay today. No, it was just kind of the way it, it went down. It was such an honor. It's been too long. Yeah, it has been too long. We'll let everybody know about your book, Death yeah. Waits in the Dark. You guys can find it on Amazon, yeah. or you can go to deathwaitsinthedark.com .com. Yes, sir. and uh, check it out. I know proceeds from the book you're donating. Yep. Tell me about where they're going. Holy cow. I've donated to probably 18 to 20. I try to break it up into like four, three thousand to five thousand dollar lots because I want to spread it. Who around. do you give it to? Unit Foundation, Three Rangers Foundation, Night Stalker Foundation, uh, Stay in the Fight Foundation. I I'd have to go home and look at my list. Okay, cool. I mean, it's, cool. Yeah, it's it's and, all out there. Uh, TTPOA, Texas Tactical Police Officers Association, oh, sure. yeah. for their fallen guys and their families and kids. Um, yeah. So you're trying to give back to that, uh, to your tribe? Yes. Good. Our tribe. Great. Our tribe. All right, everybody. Thanks for coming to the show, checking it out. A little different beat and a little different march than we've had uh, the last couple of months. Um, Greg, awesome seeing you. Thanks for coming to the show. Love you, man. All right, you guys. I'm out. Thanks.